So welcome to the Agility Transformation Podcast. I'm Kelly Fide here with Raima Pashka, and thank you so much for being here. I'm really looking forward to our conversation on change and how to make it sustainable. So how about if we start with an introduction? Who are you, what do you do, and how did you get there? Sure. So let me read my bio uh, to you. I was born now. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. No, I'm, I'm an engineer by education. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm engineer number six uh, in a row in our family. My son is number seven. Huh. Uh, somehow I had that in my genes. Uh, <laughs> but, but somehow, somewhat 10 years or so into my uh, working as an engineer, I had a boss uh, who we thought was a jerk. Uh, and he certainly thought we were jerks and uh, he couldn't cope with us. And, and he, um, he gave us two, two coaches uh, to work with us uh, in a way, probably he thought fixed them. Um, and of course those coaches didn't fix us, but, but worked uh, in a, to me, astonishing uh, way of making us aware that we can dance, sing, jump, cry whatever we want we will we will not be able to change that that boss the only person in the world that we can change is us uh, so mm. I, I i somehow got that virus uh, from from that workshop and they realized that i was so interested um ending them asking me whether i wanted to to take a coaching education so i did that uh um but still kept working as an engineer for a couple of more years, like t 10 years or so. And then when I had again the next job offer, uh, which was uh, one of those um, firefighting jobs that I had done so often, for the first time in my life, I was in my inner state very clear of saying, no, I will not take that job. Hmm. And, and the boss was, was, uh, was puzzled and, and my boss who was, reporting to, to him, so I was, the, it was, he was the boss boss. Uh, he said, you, you know what, your career is, is, is done, you are, you are history if you do that. Wow. And, and I said, yes, I know, and I know, in, in my inner self, I know it's the right decision. Hmm. So this, this, this conversation with my boss boss that, that was scheduled for half an hour, then all of a sudden spread over three hours uh, him being becoming totally open to the idea that the culture if, of his organization is quite dysfunctional huh. and becoming aware of what, what his contribution to that was. And I ended up leaving, leaving the office with a new job, uh, being OD consultant uh, to that unit. How fascinating. <laughs> so, uh, by saying no, I got what I wanted. Uh, and that was, that was really great. And then for the next 10 years, I was in le leadership education. And uh, the last three of them uh, turned into becoming a change um, consultant, I wanted to say. And, and I don't like the word consulting so much in that respect. I rather like, to, like the word facilitator. Mm -hmm. uh, because for me, I mean, I, the job I'm doing right now is called change management. Mm -hmm. and, the hiring already, I already said, I hate the word change management. Uh -huh. And people were proud that they had a job for change. So they were insulted. And wh why do you hate it? I mean, we are proud that we have this job. Uh -huh. 
if you really mean it, if you really want, want true change deep down the iceberg, um, you cannot manage that. Mm -hmm. in, in, in my belief, uh, because management for me uh, implies that you not only know exactly where you want to go, but that you have a pretty good idea of, of how to get there. And in true change, um, you cannot. Just and, what, and what do you mean when you say the iceberg and true change versus just sort of managing things on the surface? For sure, if you introduce, well, even if you introduce a tool uh, or we introduced here in, in the company open office, uh, an open office con concept early on. Yeah. Uh, you can manage, of course, that. You can manage the moving, you can manage uh, that everybody has, has access to, to his applications. You can manage that and you should manage that uh, flawlessly. But um, for instance, an open office concept, you not only do for cost saving purpose, but you want probably to, to um, increase collaboration. But if you don't uh, go deep in why people want privacy, hmm. you will end up with resistance. So in, in, my, in my terms of whether you call it change or transformation, you need to go deep down enough in the iceberg uh, where you hit then values and needs of people. Mm -hmm. right? Only once they feel that they are met that opens them up for, for changing their uh, way of, of working. Hmm. So there's something about deep change that has to do with looking for what's not immediately visible, like values and needs that are maybe behind people's behaviors. Is that kind of where you're going? Yes, and, and for, for many managers, that is spooky because uh, <laughs> quite normally they're educated as engineers, as commercials, um, rather um, they, they are, they are um, experts in, in their field. Uh, but uh, I found it interesting how difficult it is for them to accept that people are different and not, uh, not um, cocks in a, in a, in a wheel. Yeah, I mean, the world of engineering is, is very concrete. You know, you can see things, you can touch things, you can move them around, design them, build them. And it makes me curious what that's been like for you as an engineer um, working in change to talk to other engineers or people in a manufacturing environment about things they can't see. Well, that's my big asset. That, that I, I and actually I was hired for this uh, job uh, of leadership uh, education because I was an engineer, because I was not an HR professional or a psychologist. Uh, and, and this is what, what people uh, time and again mirrored me back in, in, the, in the programs and the courses that they felt understood. By, mm. by, and, and, and this is, uh, if, we, if we now look, look on change, uh, this is uh, wh where you, you need to meet people where they are mm -hmm. and, and then uh, somehow I apparently radiate what I do and what, what I believe in so um, compellingly that they believed me and, and got curious and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and saw it somehow in action uh, what, what a non-mechanistic way 
of, of running a business could look like. So interesting in terms of meeting people where they are. Uh, I think that's one of the most profound lessons that I've learned in my own coaching journey. <laughs> the hard way through the school of hard knocks. <laughs> it's the good teacher, the school of hard knocks. And I remember this guy, uh, Michael, and uh, he was a lead QA, lead quality engineer. And I, this was maybe 15 years ago. I had just discovered behavior-driven development, which is something that can help quality engineers a lot. And I was so excited because Michael was super stressed out all the time. And I was excited to share this with him because I knew it could help. And so I prepared a presentation and I shared it with him. He got so mad at me. <laughs> he thought I was being bossy and trying to tell him what to do. And he got so mad at me that he actually deleted his recommendation that he gave to me on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, I've been there multiple times as well. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I um, recently uh, came again uh, across a teacher that I had. Well, it's 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 too too big to say he was my teacher. I was he was visiting us when we when we were educated as change agents my former company and he was at shine and and what i really uh, love uh, in in his book humble consulting when he says do not separate change management from business and this is probably the the rule number one of meeting people where they are you need to talk business with with, with leaders to get their attention because the worst that can happen to you if, if they label you as the oh yeah he's the the nice guy the flower power guy yeah. The hippie. No, exactly. Um, change is and, and behavioral change. That is really the hard stuff. It's not so hard. What does that bring you when you successfully connect change and the business? What's important about connecting those two for you? Well, first you get the the year and and the uh, you get on the calendar of bosses without you you usually wouldn't wouldn't even get 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 a get a an appointment mm -hmm. uh, and and i really i mean I, I, I was one of these time pressured and and under extreme delivery pressure uh, engineer myself so I, I i i think i know how it's fe how it feels like on on their end and and uh so it's 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 for them the human being is is, is uh, an, an unknown or maybe even unpleasant thing and what do we do when when we have unpleasant things we avoid it of course so if if you come and I, I, really i have been there a number of times I, I i learned about an exciting framework and i i i thought this was so interesting yeah uh, and no, you cannot get the attention of a business leader uh, with your beautiful uh, frameworks. You need to first understand uh, what really his issues are and, and help him become aware that his problem is, is probably deeper in the iceberg layers than just on an operational level. Absolutely. And you've mentioned the iceberg a couple of times. Could you clarify a little? I know it's a common metaphor people use to talk about culture. Can you say a little bit more about what you mean by that? Yeah, I, I 
I was dealing with pride from Ken Wilber's the the four quadrants model, and I met the, I turned around the the four quadrants of of Ken Wilber to an iceberg, and I, I separate the iceberg into four quadrants. Okay. Um, the, the vertical line is individual stuff uh, to the left, and to the right it's the collective stuff. Mm -hmm. And above the iceberg is what you see, as if you would have a camera, camera running uh, with or without tone. And below the iceberg is what you don't see. And in the lower left quadrant is what, what identity people bring to the table. What they are proud of, what they value, what they like, what they love, what, what needs they, they have. Uh, this is where the personality sits. And, and this is what you need to address and or at least know how they are triggered if you want them to, to move. In the upper right, in the upper left, you, you then have the behavior of, of people, what, what you see them do. Mm -hmm. And in the, in the upper right is the interesting quadrant of processes and systems and regulations and rules and, and all the, the tools that a manager usually has at hand. Um, guess what a manager typically does when he, when he takes over a department? He thinks um, days or weeks, but at the end, probably a reorganization is, is, uh, is seen, which is in the upper right, uh, right corner of, of that model. Uh, but in the lower right corner, you, only there you have culture, only there you have how people collectively behave. Um, and this, this below the iceberg, you cannot influence directly. So this is why you cannot change culture directly. You can only change it indirectly by making people behave different in the upper, <laughs> upper left. Of course, in the upper right, structural changes help as well. But culture change is a, is a result of, of that work. Hmm. So fascinating. I'll look up that link and I'll put it in the show notes so people can look at that model if they're interested. Yeah. Uh, and I just realized something, both of us share this interest in change, but at a deeper level, like a cultural level and transformation and also from a behavioral perspective. Um, and I'm curious to ask you, um, what is important to you about this field of transformation? Where does your, your interest and your passion come from? I, I felt in, in, my, in my worst days uh, like shuffled around and uh, maybe it's because I was, I was brought up in a, in a way where, where I appreciate freedom and uh, when, when, I'm, when I personally I'm, I'm told something, I tend not to like that. <laughs> and in, I, I really believe that yeah. in, in, the, in the VUCA world that, that we now live in, you can less and less tell people what to do. Mm. Uh, we, 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 uh, we hired professionals and we more, quite often make them behave according to our rules. And that is taking away uh, intelligence of, of, of people in the system that you need. Mm -hmm. In a way, the system is losing out on their intelligence if we just give them direct orders. Absolutely. And you mentioned the VUCA world. What is that? Well, 
it's, it's this acronym of, of volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous, describing that nothing is certain anymore. Mm. Uh, I, I grew up uh, in, in a world where uh, the five forces of Porter were the religion and doing business cases was, was, uh, was your core tool. Sure. Uh, I was for many years, I wanted to do an MBA to, to know how to, how to plan things and how to, yeah, um, yeah, to, 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 to do proper business cases and and yeah, to, to me this hookah world is, I mean, to me it's a revelation uh, and and it makes things much more fun and 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 easy because I, I really believe in in uh, finding out things as a byproduct of 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 doing things rather than planning meticulously. Maybe it's a personal. Uh, preference as well. I mean, if, if I have to repair something, I go into my cellar and look what's there and then do something with what yeah. I find. Uh-huh. Wearing to me much more than, than properly designing engineering. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, let's look at the right way and the rules. And then if we, if we just follow the right way and we follow the rules, everything's going to be fine. But what, you know, I can really relate with what you're saying because what we're learning in this VUCA world is that planning can be good, but no plan survives contact with the enemy, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, and VUCA is such an, you know, interesting, not only concept, but reality, because for me as someone interested in transformation, it raises the question of how do we help organizations not only survive in an environment of constant change, but flourish? And yeah, and you mentioned that for you, it's actually more fun than, you know, finding the quote right way and following the rules. What's fun about that for you? Well, in MBTI terms, uh, I am, uh, what I really value is, is some, somewhat an outlying of, of my type. But to me, it's energizing uh, if I don't know exactly where I will end up. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and this with 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 many uh, people in the organization as well. And, and I'm working for for a rather large company and for a company with many many um, uh, decades of of success in in their bones. Uh, predictability somehow is 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 your first jacket, and and that is 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 almost like a how do you call it the, the uh, if, if you are. Uh, a straight jacket, like a straight jacket. It, 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 like a straight jacket. Uh -huh. You're so compelled to 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 hit the figures and to uh, to, to to serve the the, the uh, investors that you don't dare anymore to uh, to try out new things. And of course, I'm oversimplifying. Mm. Uh, that that's uh, that's so non-vuca. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is why I think, especially for, for large companies who were around uh, quite a while, their success of the past uh, is, well, for sure not guaranteeing, but, but maybe even hindering their success in the future. Mm -hmm. For sure. I mean, on the, so how do you have that conversation? Like, how do you bring those two sides together of over here, you know, the shareholders, the investors, you know, the bottom line, we're running a company here, we're in, a, in the for-profit space. And then on the other side, um, what would a failure culture look like? What would experimentation, like, yeah, how do you bring those two sides together? 
Well, let, let, two things. First, I'm really triggered by failure culture. Because, okay. because I think uh, if leaders hate the word failure, it's a good thing. Because uh, usually a failure is if you, if you do not, um, if, if you do something weirdly wrong, or if um, um, you, if, if you uh, don't, well, don't follow the rules, if it, it, it's something negative because it costs money. Of course. And uh, what, I, what I might like so much more is, is a learning culture. Oh, what do you, I love that. What do you just love about learning culture, that language? Because there in, 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 the, in the foreground is no matter what happened, what can I take away from it? And it uh -huh. goes so far that, that people tell me, Rama, can you please now see something negative as well? You always try to find positive things. Interesting. But, 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 but that is, I think, in a VUCA world so badly needed. And for that, you need short iterations. You cannot, uh, if, if a boss is, is totally right in hating failures, if they are late and expensive. But if they come early, then it's so much more easy to, to say, hmm. oh, uh, we failed or we didn't meet where we wanted to be. Great. What, what do we learn from that? Yeah. So it's a deep cultural thing. And I, I, I think back, back to, the, uh, to the idea, meet, meet managers where they, where they are. If you as a changer uh, tell a manager, please now love failure. <laughs> It's, it's an up, uphill battle. <laughs> right. They'll be like, I have KPIs and my KPIs are all about success. And I hear you making a really interesting distinction about time of learning in short cycles or learning in longer cycles. Um, can you say more about that? Like what's great about learning in short cycles? And can you think of maybe a a true story or an example of, of that that you've seen well I can I, I can take an example of, of a software unit of, of our company um, and and how hard it was um, we we created a monster software product typically run uh, waterfall uh, agile in, in, in an idle way um, and uh, people realized this will end nowhere. I mean, we had we had written the the, um, the, the requirements years ago, and, and wow. we're always late. and And the traffic lights were green, 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 green. Oops, red. Yeah. Uh, so although everybody knows since weeks, since months that we won't, will not hit the deadline, uh, nobody nobody dared to say a word. And then the post postponement was not months, but uh, it was half a year. And, yeah. and the beauty about Agile is you realize if you, if you don't hit uh, the requirement of, of your customer in, in the next sprint. So it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's really, if, if, you, if you ruin a sprint, it's, yeah, so what? It's just a sprint. Right. If, if you ruin a, a new release, uh, which took you two years to build, then you are really doomed. That's a whole different thing. Uh, Absolutely, and that makes it uh, more safe for, for managers as well to embark on that journey because much less is at stake. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned the importance of a learning culture and also that you, 
when it comes down to it, the only person we can typically change is ourselves. Um, what have you learned about yourself and about learning in the course of your journey? Well, I learned something only only yesterday, and and, and those learnings are not often very pleasant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, I hear you. But but uh, I, I guess you need to, to to be open for that. And and it was uh, basically on on a failure culture, and um, and and I was asked the the question, uh, how is it uh, for you uh, to to um, to say that that uh, something went wrong, or to even to ask for feedback, uh, and it was really um, quite a sobering experience for me. Um, but I think this this is a quality of a change, a changer, or a change agent, or a change leader, facilitator, uh, to 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 eat your own dog food in a way, and and. Um, Come across as as the Holy Spirit who has all the answers. Yeah. Uh, but but it's hard for us as well. Uh, Absolutely. It, it, it's human uh, to to not want that. And uh, the conclusion for me was why I was not doing it, is that that there was an environment of of punishment or mm-hmm. um, certainly not appreciation of mistakes. And and this is where when it comes to change, the role model of a leader is so, so, so important. Mm. And how often is it that you get the job of, of facilitating or managing a change and you hear or feel that it comes from an angle of, yeah, 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 I delegate the change to you, you do the change thing and I do my business. And mm-hmm. uh, then you're lost already. Um, mm. Because the... the, the there's a saying in education and in children, you can try to make your kids do what you want. In the end, they mimic you anyhow. <laughs> so it doesn't count what you say, but what you do. And, Absolutely. and this is why change, uh, but it needs to start at the top, but it certainly needs to be lived at the top. What would be one small step or action that would help it to become more lived at the top? For sure, that's very dependent on, on the personality of, of the leader uh, and, and, and of the leadership team. So I would, I would never prescribe any, anything to that, but, but I would lead them into a self-reflecting reflection of what they think their their people think and and really quiet them down so that they become self-aware self-reflective and then declare this one thing for them that they want to do because only if that synapse in in their brain is built by own thinking chances are that they will actually do it if we prescribe it they will say yeah 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 let him dream again yeah and it reminds me of what we were talking about before we turned on recording, which is um, your ideas on how change happens. Like there's all these debates, like should change start at the top? Should it be bottom up? What's the role of the middle layer? What's your take on that? Yeah, we, we are so well in our Western um, 
education to think either or, yes, and, black, white, right, wrong. Yeah. So on, on that question, does change need to start from the top or be, be pushed by the bot bottom, bottom? The answer, of course, is yes, and. Uh, you need both. Um, and then the third comp component is, is middle management. I was once part of a very, very big change of a, of a big company and I was was very early on in my career. I was one of these great change agents and we did so many things. Uh, the, the top was, many of the tops were exchanged and uh, were following the new boss in a way, not 100%, but, but good enough, I would say. And then there was this marvelous, wonderful uh, avalanche of, of change workshops and, and what have you with going from 30 to 100 to 500, 2000. Many people were infected. It was a, was a beautiful uh, machine. Huh. Luckily, luckily, it was not just flower power stuff, but we worked on pro real projects. Uh -huh. project. yeah. So, so it, it had that reality component as well. But in the end, it died in the middle. Because what middle caused that death? Why well, they, 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 of course, felt for their uh, position. They, they felt, oh my God, if now all of a sudden these crazy guys here in, in, in the bottom uh, do, do strange things that I'm not, not aware of, uh, I, I rather not, not, not follow that. Mm -hmm. Another change that, what it was, that I was on had very high uncertainty, job uncertainty in the whole organization. Mm -hmm. How can you address middle management as drivers of change? Absolutely. If they fear for their job, jobs them, themselves. Of course. Uh, so totally natural uh, behavior. Absolutely. But, but you need middle management as well. I'm so glad you're raising that. You know, in, in these transformations, I often think of middle management as the lost layer precisely because of what you raise. Like there's all these shifts going on, especially with Agile and people wonder, am I still relevant? Will I still have a job? Um, so that's a bigger topic uh, maybe, and I realize we have like one minute left, so I wanna be respectful of your time. Um, but um, what would you say to middle managers about change if you could send them one message? I would, I would uh, make them uh, reflect what can you let go of to be open to the new. Mm -hmm. Because often uh, all this, this mechanistic managing and, and decision taking, it's no fun for them. No. So uh, by asking them what, what, what would you like to let go of, maybe and hopefully they, they come to to uh, the good old classical mechanical stuff that, that they don't have to do anymore. And, and by asking that question, they become curious, what else could I do? You are still, I mean, even in holacracy, you need leadership and, and you need, this cannot be just the, the, the top, the head of the organization. Mm. And it manages giving direction as well and, and removing obstacles and, and coaching people and, and helping them, but just, just uh, not, not controlling them anymore as much as a as a classical management you would do mm -hmm. and so that middle and senior leaders not only still have a role in transformation but they have a very important role absolutely mm. yeah so um any final things you you would like to add like if if you could 
say yeah, one I, thing. I, that I, I, I would like to leave you with a, with a quote that I really loved okay. from a change agent that, that I learned a lot uh, from. And he said, as a change agent or change, or change facilitator, <clears throat> you need to be reared. You need to be different. Uh, <laughs> but make sure that you're just weird enough mm. uh, to irritate the system, but, but not be dispelled by it. Mm -hmm. Not so weird that the system kicks you out. Exactly. Which, it, which, which goes back to the beginning of our conversation uh, nicely um, and unplanned that you need to, to meet managers where they are. If you're too different and too strange, uh, they, mm -hmm. they, they don't consider you. Can't relate. Yeah. 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 Gosh, thank you so much. This has been such an interesting conversation. And at every turn, I see like other topics we could, you yeah. know, go down that road and explore. So I um, really want to thank you for your time and your, your thoughts. Thanks a lot, Kelly. It was fun.